0: The Larry Hardesty Show. On ninety-eight point seven ESPN. We got a lot to talk about. It's so much to do. And what it started out as a quiet Sunday, right? It started out with the Knicks and the Nets at the Barclays Center. Knicks played well. They were they were in it. They were competitive. But listen, there was just too much Kevin Durant. And so that's how it started. And I'm thinking, well, you know, we'll see. We'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll see what happens with some of the other games in the NBA. And then it started when Tom Brady tweeted that he is returning. So many of us had speculated. Well, some said, well, he's not going to, he's not going to come back. He he understands what happened. He he knows in the last this last season with with Tampa the issues they had with no weapons and it was almost like he was back in New England right with limited weapons and they struggled and he walked away and said this is it I'm done and then he comes back and says listen I spent some time with the family I'm good (laughs) I'm coming back one more year unfinished business yeah unfinished business I'm coming back I want to see what's going on so we get your thoughts on Tom Brady returning are you surprised or not so much I'm a little surprised that it happened so quickly. I would have thought that he needed more time. See, if I'm Tom Brady, I come back. Maybe I make the announcement, maybe a couple of weeks before training camp. (laughs) So maybe I can get out of a couple of days, right? Maybe a couple of weeks and then I have to get ready, have to ramp up again. But no, he's, he's determined. He's ready to come back and he's got his mindset ready. So that's interesting. Then, I'm feeling really good because, as Jacob and I were discussing, the Mets decided to say goodbye to Jay Reese for me. So Jay Reese for me is probably going down the turnpike. I think he's going to Philly, and so he'll team up with he'll team up with Zach Wheeler and shut the Mets out on numerous occasions. I mean that's how it goes. Former Met castouts, but they make the trade. They bring in Chris Bassett, who I think is a solid number three. So that's a positive. And then, look, I know they needed some depth in the bullpen. But forgive me, Adam Adovino has not been the Adam Adovino that he was after his first couple of years with the Yankees. He struggled. He struggled with the Yankees. He struggled with the Red Sox. He struggled. Hopefully they can get him squared away and he'll be okay. Then, moments ago, well, I'd say about a half hour ago, the Yankees played Let's Make a Deal. And so many people have been wanting and wondering, what are the Yankees going to do? What are the Yankees going to do? Who are they going to sign? What are they going to do at shortstop? What are they going to do at third base? What are they going to do at first base? What's going on with this team? What are they going to do in the outfield? Is Brett Gardner coming back? What's the story? Well, it's simple. Catcher Brent Wortvett is headed to the Yankees along with Josh Donaldson, who will play third, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. that's according to Jeff Pass in the ESPN, catcher Gary Sanchez, and Gio Ursela headed to Minnesota. So I'm sure there are a number of Yankee fans who are just doing the happy dance because you were done with Gary Sanchez and his poor defense. You were done with Gary Sanchez and his inability to make contact. You were done with Gary Sanchez just hanging around and not hitting home runs and striking out and not running hard to first base. You were done. And apparently so were the Yankees. I got to tell you, though, I'm a little surprised at them moving Gio Arcella. Now, I get that he did not have the offensive year he had previously last season. I understand that. I also understand that he really wasn't as good defensively as he was in previous seasons. But to be fair to him, he kept being switched back and forth from third to shortstop, from third to shortstop. Now, according to Joe Sherman of the Post, Falafa is a shortstop that the Yankees have had their eye on for a while. And they kind of like him. So here's the positive to that. It's not the big money that you were going to get with the with the free agent shortstops. Obviously, this kid, Volpe, is one that they really have their eye on and they want to give him the shortstop position in a year or two. So this is a stopgap message uh, guy at short until they're ready to see for Volpe. And they still have some more to do. And they added some depth in the outfield because, listen... <laughs> You don't know if Hicks is going to be available. You don't. It's always the case. He usually isn't. So the Yankees have done something. They've done something. Donaldson, I think, will be a good third baseman. Now, I don't know who's going to be the uh, ambassador between Donaldson and Cole. (laughs) I don't know how that's going to work out. But nevertheless, it's official. Gary Sanchez is gone. He is a former Yankee. And I'm not real familiar with what Wartfett has been able to do, but I'm sure he is an upgrade defensively, and that's kind of a low bar. Um, Hopefully he'll give you some hits. Listen, if he hits, if he gives you solid defense and hits 270, 275, that's a win. That's a win. Because Sanchez wasn't hitting that way. Had hit that he hadn't hit for average in three four years. Power was there occasionally, but once again, defensively it should be an upgrade, and that's a good thing for you. So we got lots to do, lots to do. Earlier today, Anita Marks spoke with Andy Martino from Sny. He's their baseball insider, and with some of the things in mind, what the Yankees have done this evening. Anita asked Andy, what were they going to do? What's it going to be more offense or defense and what their their philosophy is in trying to improve this ball club?
1: They're always looking for pitching depth. I think they feel pretty good on their pitching side about some of the high ceiling uh, younger guys that they have, whether it's Luis Thiel or Severino coming back or Tyone when he's back. I mean, there's a lot of risk there, but there's also a lot of upside. On the offensive side, uh, you know, and on the bullpen side too, I should say, they, they with the Clay Holmes and – Some tweaks that they did in season, they're in pretty good shape. But still, they're not going to have Zach Britton this year. Chapman was up and down last year. So I agree there's some questions in the bullpen. Last year, though, I think what really brought them down was their offense. Specifically, what really brought them down was D.J. LeMahieu and Glaber Torres not performing up to expectations. If they had, it would have been a different offense. So they need to do everything they can to get those guys right. And they just need to bring someone in. They need a better offense out of either first base or shortstop or center field, if not two of the three. And that's what they're kind of working on.
0: And they're still working on first base, all right? They, we still don't know what they're going to do. We still haven't figured that out with them yet, okay? They're still in the mix. I mean, they're still in the mix for Freddie Freeman. They're still in the mix. I mean, look, they could play Lemehu there if they don't want to add any more salary or anything. Okay, they could do that. I don't think they will. I think they're going to go all after trying to get Freddie Freeman, and why not? You'd love to have a lefty stick in your lineup at first base. I mean, why not? That's what's definitely necessary for that team. They're missing him. Last year, Donaldson, not bad. 26 home runs, 72 RBI, 74 walks, 114 strikeouts. Not a high batting average at 247, but had a little power. And he's not a bad fielder. Been around. (laughs) <laughs> He's been around. Loving your guy. So, we'll see, you know, what what that how that's going to look for the Yankees. Because they do have uh some much needed things to do, just like Andy mentioned. They need to do something with the rotation. I mean, is Severino back? How how much is he going to pitch? The bullpen is an issue. I mean, listen, we started to see Chapman falter a little bit last year. Missed some time, eh? And, you know, when he came back, wasn't as effective. So I'm sure the Yankees are looking to make some moves there as well. I mean, it's so funny, right? I mean, Aaron Boone told the reporters that right now, earlier, this was either earlier today or yesterday, that very simply, Gino Rosella was a shortstop. Eh, wrong answer. <laughs> wrong answer no mas no more for him all right no more for him so we get to your thoughts on the Yankees also as I mentioned the Mets made some moves they signed Adam Aldivino and they traded for Chris Bassett and I think that's a good move for them like I said earlier I like him in the starting rotation you're trying to figure out who that third starter was going to be behind the uh, and Scherzer so Bassett fits in there and then now you get to you know round out your your five, all right? You get to round out your five there and figure out what you're going to do. Um, so that gives me a little better confidence, but I still would like to see them add another picture there. And and there's there's interchangeable folks. Okay, there's a bunch of different folks you can put in there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Mets are going to do in that position. Now, earlier today, in watching the Knicks and the Nets, and, okay, it, it's tough if you're a Knick fan. Here's the tough thing. The tough thing for you as a Knick fan is you realize, you know, you understand that the best thing for you is for your team to not make the play in and get as many ping pong balls as possible so that you can pick somebody through the draft and try to improve yourself. It is just so fascinating, though, to watch because all you kept hearing during the broadcast, right, is the pace. Knicks are next to the next to last in pace in the NBA, next to last in pace. And then you look at the bench come in. And they just up the tempo and they fly up and down the court. They just fly up and down the court. And then the starters come back in and it's, here we go. Let's slow it down. Let's slow it down and be, you know, and grind it out. Let's try to grind out uh, offensive plays. And that's not the way to go. They really need, they they play better when they play with pace they just do. And so in a game today where it was clear from the opening tap that Kevin Durant was not going to have the Knicks win this game. <laughs> As he said in the post game with our Malik Andrews on TV, he mentioned that he didn't know that Seth Curry was not available until he got to the until he got to the to the Barclays. And it was apparent that he felt, okay, no Seth, no Kyrie, it's on me. He scored 53 points in 43 minutes. (laughs) 19 of 37. 11 of 12 from the free throw line. 4 of 13 from 3. The 3 wasn't working so much for him, but his mid-range game was exceptional. And he forced... Thibodeau and the Knicks to double-team him, and he just picked them apart. Just picked them apart. Had nine assists. They're running all over the place. Just picked them apart. And so, as you're looking at this as a Knicks fan, you're thinking, you know what, listen. I think we can win this game. They had the lead in the fourth quarter for a little bit, and then they started going back and forth, and they just, what you saw is what hurts that team all the time. It's in the fourth quarter when you need to get an offensive possession. They don't have a guy that you could run the offense with at the point and say, okay, here's what we're running. Here we go. Okay? Here's what we're running. This is what's happening. Alec Burks had five points, had seven assists, but he had five points in 36 minutes. I mean – you got to get more from your backcourt. Barrett had 24, Fournier had 25, Randall had 26. Robinson with seven, had four blocks, only five rebounds. And they were, isn't <laughs> it amazing? And they were all off the offensive glass. He had no defensive rebounds today. They were all off the offensive glass. And listen, I get Drummond is a handful, and part of that too was him later in the game floating all over and trying to cover and trying to help you know, double team Duran and take the ball out of his hands. I, you know, I understand it, but my center cannot play twenty two minutes and not have a defensive rebound. You can't happen. And Burks plays thirty six minutes and only gives me five points, and even with that, I lose by three. Even with that, I lose by three. And tonight, or this afternoon rather, where Quickly had put, strung some games together where he really started to play well and you started to see him be aggressive and knock down some shots, two of 10 today, or five from three. Had seven rebounds, had four assists, but you needed points from him. Okay, you need the points, and he played some with the starters. You just—it's 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 just a tough situation for you to try to overcome because of the fact that you you need some scoring. You need that calming influence at the point. I mean, Barry eight of twenty-one. I mean, you know, wasn't efficient, but. You know, he's going to the basket. He's trying to, trying to do what he can. And there was a stretch. I don't know if you remember it, if you saw it. There was a stretch maybe with about three minutes before halftime. And Drummond is just dominant. And Thibodeau went small. And Drummond just went crazy. Over a two and a half to three minute period. He was just, and I'm saying, why would you... You're in the game. Why would you go small there? And I know there's free throw. I know there's foul trouble. But still, I mean, you can't you can't go small with a guy like that. You can't. And last thing I'll say about the Knicks: more and more, I'm loving Jericho Sims. More and more, I'm loving Jericho Sims. More and more, I just I'd love for him to look a little bit more up for his offense but I I love him he was the best Nick tonight with this afternoon with a plus 20 in the plus minus he had a plus 20 boy I'm telling you and 10 rebounds and the block the more he plays the better he gets there's more no question about it and see, that's what this is about now. You know, I see McBride got some playing time. But once again, he's not involved in the offense. You you stick him on the corner. You stick him on that. That's that's the I don't want you to shoot corner. Obi Toppin's over there. <laughs> McBride's over there. <laughs> that's the I don't want you to shoot. You go to that corner out of the way. We run the offense from <laughs> opposite you. You go to the far corner. You go to the far corner opposite the ball. That's where you go, and that's where you stay. <laughs> so you're on the floor. You better give me some defensive rebounding, because Dog you're not scoring. You're not. <laughs> this is when I and this is when I really like to lock in to college basketball. And I get it. I know the season is important. I know. I understand. But for me, it's how these guys perform now. Win or go home. Oh, there's no better pressure than that, right? There's no more pressure than that. Very curious to see some. Looking forward to some NCAA hoops over the next couple of weeks. Off to the phones we go. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce. Larry, who do
1: you think is happier? The Yankee fans about this steal or the Yankee pitching staff?
0: Uh, the Yankee pitching staff, slightly. <laughs> the the,
1: the nightmare is over. I can actually watch a game and, and and now watch the ball go back to the backstop seven, <laughs> eight times a game.
0: You're right. You're right. And, you know, listen, this, this, this young man doesn't have a really good batting average. I don't know if he's going to be the starter or the backup or oh, what no. they're going to do.
1: I think, think about being an option to come back because uh, you got Higgy, as yes. one catcher. And mm-hmm. I want to ask you, is Austin Romine a free agent at the moment?
0: I'm not sure. I have to look it up for you. Um, because if he's
1: a free agent, he's the perfect guy to slip in.
0: Yeah. Yep. You're right. He would be. He would
1: yeah. Be. And, you know, I'm hoping he getting ready to, to, to drive Freddie out of Atlanta to, to New York.
0: Listen, I would love to do that. I, I I want him out of Atlanta. I don't care who takes him. I'm Are good. You ta- you drive him out to L.A. I will drive him anywhere he's got to go, <laughs> as long as he's out. As long as he's out of the division, I got to deal with. Because
1: y- you got to think, if he was going back to Atlanta, wouldn't they've done this contract already? I
0: would think so. I really would. I would think he would. I would think he would. I think it would be done by now.
1: And you know, it's funny when I was watching the last couple of days. So when when um, the kid starts are went from uh, Texas to the Twins. I said, you know, the Yankees like this guy. We should be able to get him. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw Garber get traded, I said, you know, we have Sanchez. He's better than Garber. We could, do, we could have done that. And so, lo and behold, there it goes. And to be fair about Sanchez, I think he tried some of the time. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was fun watching his home runs. Yes. Um, but it was time to go. I mean, you know how frustrating it is as a Yankee fan to watch? I believe there was a stat where when Sanchez caught the Yankee pitching staff, there were a, at least a half a run or a run over the uh, ERA than, than, than when Hagee was catching or somebody else was catching.
0: Here's all you need to know. Your past two aces didn't want to pitch to him. That's all you need to know. Your past yeah. two aces didn't aces did not want to pitch to him, and you're paying them too much money, for them for you to be taking a, your starting catcher out of the lineup for him in the postseason. I mean, no, he had to go. He had to go. There's no question about it. The only
1: it, thing though. I worry about Donaldson, he tends to be injury prone. Now,
0: I was you know, going to ask I you about have... that. Now, now, what do you think about Donaldson? A on the field, and what do you think about Donaldson hanging out with uh, his friend Garrett Cole? <laughs>
1: hey. We had um, uh, who did we have? We had Jeter and A Rod as teammates.
0: Yeah, this is true.
1: <laughs> you know, and so and we had Clemens and Jeter as teammates. So uh, when you're a teammate, you just you know do what you have to do and and and, and, um, and get done. I, I just I think we lose a little bit defensively in hmm. that trade off.
0: Yeah, I think you uh, do. But um, now, no, but let me ask you this. Is this more of getting the shortstop that you want, and he's just part of this deal? You'll, you'll, you'll take the third baseman because you you'll figure you'll get more, you get more offense, and you'll, you'll deal with the defense. But you have a shortstop that's going to be your your plug-in for right now.
1: Yeah, this guy's strictly the plug-in. And the beauty about this kid, um, he can play third, second, or short mm-hmm. equally. Excellent. That's which pretty good which deal. goes in the equation, you know, tourists may not be safe either.
0: Well, yeah, listen, if the right deal with the right deal, I hear what you're saying. It's possible because you keep hearing his name mentioned. I, I don't know, Bruce, and thanks for the phone call. I still think it's 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 kind of early to give up on him. I mean, I get it. I understand the past two seasons has not been good. Last, uh, you know, the the strike shortened, uh, I'm sorry, the COVID uh, season, he wasn't, uh, you know, he came, wasn't prepared, came in out of shape. And last year, no power at all. I, I understand. I mean, I even heard on the K show this week a caller wondering if he was, you know, on roids. So I, I get, and, and listen, it's a question because of the decline in power. So quickly. I mean, here was a kid. Here was a kid who was a couple of years ago was said to be the face of the Yankees more so than Aaron judge. Yeah. More so than Aaron judge. Gleyber Torres was going to be the face of the Yankees. And now you, you, he could be on the move. He could be on the move. It's crazy. It's crazy, Johnson Freehold. Hey, John, you're next on ninety eight seven ESPN.
2: Hey, how we doing, Larry? Good, John. What's up? We're gonna switch it up tonight, Larry. We're gonna talk some New York Jets football.
0: You're next out, aren't you, John? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm next out, to say the least. Yes, yes. Well, well, once well again, we're, it's we're rooting for season. ping pong. We're rooting for ping pong well, goals no. now, my friend.
2: Well, no, that's what I was just gonna say, Larry. So this is another season where we're coming down the home stretch where we're winning meaningless games at the end, costing ourselves draft position. You can't make it up, Larry. You really can't with this organization. I
0: know.
2: Um, Moving on to the Jets here, Larry. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited and positive about the possibilities, what Joe Douglas might do in the draft. And they're saying that he's looking to make a big trade, possibly. At least that's the rumors that are going around. And I know they're looking for a big play impact receiver that can really enhance the development of Zach Wilson and open things up from an offensive standpoint. Of course, you want to, build up that offensive line to make it as strong as possible to mm-hmm. give him the protection and the confidence in the pocket. And you want to give him weapons so he could be effective and have many options to enhance his development mm-hmm. and have this team win more games next year and help out Robert Soller at the same time. Now I know Alan Robinson has been mentioned as a, as a possibility free agent wise and a trade mm-hmm. for Jarvis Landry and others. Mm-hmm. But the number one guy I have to target Larry, if he's available is DK Medcare from the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you talk about the perfect fit for this franchise with his age, with the way he takes care of his body, with his competitiveness and his big playability and explosiveness from the wide, wide receiver position on the outside. I mean, that, that's a marriage made in heaven for Zach Wilson acquiring DK Metcalf. And if I'm Joe Douglas, if that's the one big trade that I can make with the assets I have, that's the guy I'm going to target. That's going to be the guy I'm going to look to acquire. And then I'm going to look to beef up that offensive line find myself a tight end and a complimentary running back to uh, Michael Carter and really give this kid some legitimate, you know, like I said, protection and and, uh, avenues to excel and uh, make this an explosive offense with a lot of versatility to it.
0: John, 75 catches for 967 yards and 12 touchdowns sounds pretty good to me. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and, and you think, and you really think he's going to want to be there with uh, Russell Wilson out of there? You know he's not. You know no. he's going to want to change his scenery. You know he's going to get Agreed. ornery there, and he's going to get frustrated. So bet, and they're rebuilding there in Seattle. So you can help each other out. The, the Jets have two second round draft picks in this year's draft, which are high draft picks. They could package those two picks and maybe a Denzel Mims or a Barrios, mm-hmm. and, and bring and bring that kid in. DJ Metcalf's a stud to me, Larry, and I think he would be outstanding here in New York. The perfect fit for the Jets.
0: I agree with you, John. Thanks for the phone call. And and we'll see if, if Joe Douglas is able to to make a move like that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. I mean, Allen Robinson, I was listening to Anita Marks today, and I kind of agree with her. There was uh, some talk that Allen Robinson could be headed could you, <laughs> with the Patriots. Can you imagine him in New England? A vet, You know, that veteran receiver um uh, maybe not obviously not the speed that he once had, but great hands, runs routes, knows what to do, good size. So that I, I could see him there. I don't think he would be a I don't think he would be a fit here with the Jets. I don't know. Not that I've heard anything about that, but I mean, once again, Metcalf 6'4. You know, just just uh great hands, good speed. Route running, inconsistent, but does a nice job most of the time. But, but what's it going to take to get him on a team that yes I and I saw the article as well that Joe Douglas says he really wants to make a splash he's ready to turn this thing around and of course you do you're encouraged by the drafts that he the draft choices he has picked over the past couple of years you're encouraged now listen you're not sure about what's going on with Becton that's a question mark for you. Uh, but I think last year's draft you saw some positivity in the guys he chose. Obviously Zach Wilson was still the jurys still out on him, but they've got to, they've got a lot of work to do. so yes, offense is important to help get your you need for a young quarterback he needs guys who can make plays for him. Every quarterback needs, and Larry, every quarterback needs a guy that can make some plays. I get it. But more so, your young quarterbacks need somebody that can make a play. It's a bad throw. It's, it's You know, you have a guy there that you can go to in a big spot, and you know that he's going to make that catch for you. And you know the ball doesn't have to be perfectly thrown. doesn't have to be perfectly thrown. He'll, he'll make a play to get that first down for you. He'll make a play to get that touchdown for you, and that's what D.J. Metcalf is. And he would be that guy. Now. As I said. What's it going to take to bring him here? A. B. I think it is more. Incur- it's more of a possibility. Because Russell Wilson is away from there. And you're not really sure. What they're going to do a quarterback. I don't think Geno Smith's going to be the starter. Next year. So. What happens? And. Who plays opposite Metcalf and what kind of year will they have? Because now the offense has to look at you finally having a big play wide receiver, a finally number one receiver, which you've been searching for forever. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.